Hey, sweet friends, and welcome to How's Your Heart, the podcast where we toss the surface level conversations to the side and dig deep into how we actually are. Hey, sweet friends, and welcome to another episode of the How's Your Heart podcast. I'm Devin Fulbeck, and I'm your host. This week, we are interviewing someone who, honestly, I am just so excited to catch up with because it's been way too long. Um, With that being said, I'm excited to have Amber Cobb on this week's episode of the podcast. What's up? What's up? (laughs) So Amber and I met while working at a Young Life camp. Gosh, I don't even know. Amber, do you know how many years ago that was? Forever ago. I want to say it was like, was it like 2017? So like three years ago? Yeah, which honestly, it feels longer than that. Yeah. But yeah, three years ago. Wow, yeah. I feel like, yeah, that kind of hit me a little <laughs> Okay, uh, three years ago. Um, and so I would describe Amber as someone who isn't going to hold back on sharing, you know, the really beautiful moments and also just kind of the mess that is life for all of us. And that's something that when I met her, I was really encouraged, but also challenged by. And so... I think that's a great platform for someone (laughs) to be on this podcast because she's not going to hold back. She's going to be real about where she's at. And that's such a beautiful quality to have. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to hold back the cuss words though. Okay. okay. (laughs) You know, if if you slip, it's fine. Okay, cool. (laughs) You're allowed to do them. Be natural. (laughs) So Amber, before we dive into what life looks like for you right now, just to let everyone get to know you a little bit better, I've got a very serious question. All right, let's hear it. What animal would be the funniest mm. to scale up to the size of a horse? Oh. So what animal do you feel like would be really funny to be the size of a horse? Oh, that's good. Um, my first thought was a lizard, but that's not my answer because that's just a dinosaur. So. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me think. You got it. Because it has to be funny, not scary. So it can't be a bug. Um, Yeah, I guess a bug would be pretty scary. And I feel like a dog being scaled up would basically just be a horse. It's like Clifford, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Clifford. Uh, I'm going to say a worm. I'm thinking like the SpongeBob episode with the, uh, I don't remember what he's called, but it's just like the giant worm. Honestly, that thing's kind of scary. I feel like that thing scared me as a kid. He, I mean, he wrote it. So, like, who doesn't want to ride a worm? <laughs> no, that's true. That actually is a good one. I'm just imagining a worm slithering down my <laughs> drive right now. <laughs> You're like, what the heck? But, <laughs> okay. but they act the exact same. So, like, it's bigger, but they act like a normal worm. So, like, they're just, like, chilling in the driveway. You just have to walk around them. I'm not going to be able to park my car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Okay, good answer. All right, Amber, now that everyone knows probably nothing more about you from that question, (laughs) um, kind of explain what life looks like for you right now, however you want to describe what your life looks like right now. Um, I live in Louisville, Kentucky, so I've been here for Mm -hmm. almost six years now. I moved here for college and stayed. I work at a fire department here in Louisville. I'm a EMT full-time, uh, part, f- part-time firefighter at another department, uh, and I'm almost finished with paramedic school. So um, so I'll be done with that in December, and then I'll have my capstone uh, and be able to take my exam for that. So I'm very excited. Um, 
aside from that, I bought a house this year. I bought or I got a dog this Ooh. year. Um, so yeah, a lot of changes in the midst of a very strange year. But um, yeah, yeah, I say that's it. I I'm twenty. No, I'm twenty three, almost twenty four. So, Ooh, when's your birthday? Uh, no, end of November, November thirtieth. Okay, yeah, you you're close. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. You bought a house. I did. Yeah. Before you were. 24 yeah I mean I wouldn't say it's um I and it's been great but it's also been very scary so yeah it's a it's a big investment we did that this year too so definitely understand the fear that comes with that decision yeah so now that everyone kind of knows a little bit kind of an outline of what your life looks right now what do you feel like the sweetest part of this season of life has been Ooh, I think it's hard for me to define like what the season is like is it is it is it right. quarantine? Is it changes right. I've been going through for a couple of years now? I don't know, whatever. But um, mm. I would say for me right now, the sweetest thing has been space. Um, mm. And I don't feel like I'm performing for anyone uh, for really awesome. the first time in a really long time. Um, where, you know, like I, because of quarantine or because of coronavirus, because of Mm-hmm. all sorts of things um there just aren't as many social gatherings um which mm. you know i have pretty severe social anxiety and so sometimes that can cause me to perform or pretend that's not the case or whatever and so um i feel like i've right. just been able to be really authentic about where i'm at and then so the rare times that i do see people it's like i don't i just don't even have the energy to perform and um mm. i uh yeah, so I think that's, that's been really good for me, and it's also just given me time to, I think, get to know myself more. I feel like I've been de- deconstructing yeah. just a lot of, and or just, like, deeply ingrained beliefs about myself or the Lord or, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, and and maybe not getting rid of all of those things, but just really evaluating them and understanding what, why right. I believe them. So, um, mm. yeah, and so just, yeah, I've had a lot of time to reflect and learn and, and listen to other people's perspectives um i've gotten to listen to a lot of podcasts um yeah. <laughs> yeah and just yeah i feel like space and and time to learn has been the best for sure mm. so with your social anxiety in particular do you feel like through having this space that you'll when you are in more social interactions that you'll kind of be able to maybe implement things or limit or what, what do you feel like that'll look like once your social interactions go up? Yeah, again? I think, um, I'm getting to know myself a lot better. And so, for example, I was with a group of friends a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and I got to a point, my social anxiety, I can, I can feel it physically to an extent where you know, my brain, my brain just right. gets a little foggy. Um, maybe my ears get hot, whatever. And so, I, which if I, if someone would have explained their social anxiety to me like that a couple of years ago, I'd have been like, that is all in your head. But, um, but no, it really does physically, I think physically show itself. And so, um, I I feel like I'm getting to a point where I'm able to recognize those things instead of suppressing them or telling myself to get over it. I'm like, okay, I think it's time to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's okay if I'm the first one to leave. It's okay. If everyone's still hanging out and playing a game, it's okay if, if they think Mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, just ditching them which they love me and so they don't think that that isn't you know that's right so 
I think I'm really just starting to understand my limits better. And I'm hoping that I will feel the freedom to, to live into those limits and rather, rather than suppressing them or trying to make them different than what they are. So. Gosh, that's such a cool way of articulating that of like, you're not letting your limits suppress you or harm you, but really recognizing like, that's just part of yeah. who I am. And so I'm, I'm not going to let that limit me anymore. Yeah. That's amazing. And I really love that you're, it sounds like you're able to put your own needs first without feeling selfish. Mm, yeah. I would say this is probably one of the first times that I've been able to do that. And it's so hard. Like I'm a, I'm a yeah. six on the Enneagram. So like just like mm. loyal to the death, but um, yep. I think, like I said, this time has given me space to say like, no, actually like I get to have my limits and so do they. Um, and mm. ultimately I'm not helping anyone if I'm pushing past those because I'm not effective anymore. Um, and, and I'm not mm. able to really offer anything because I'm just drained or I'm exhausted or I'm anxious and I'm right. super in my head about what everyone else is thinking or doing or saying, whatever. And so, right. um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that actually I plays love out. That. <laughs> yeah. I'd be very interested to hear how that is once, if the world sure. goes if. back to some form of what it was before. So with the sweet thing, what has kind of been the hardest thing in this season, however we want to frame it, whether it's been past few years or quarantine, um, what's been the hardest part? Um, I think my answer to this will require a little bit of backstory, but um, sobriety for me has been really difficult this Mm. year. So I'm, uh, I'm an alcoholic. I, uh, back in actually the year that we met was when I was first kind of exploring that. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was going, you know, going to some 12 step meetings that summer and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And just kind of figuring that out. And so that was the baby stages for me. I had had issues with alcohol my whole life, um, since I was 12 years old. And then that summer, a lot of things had come to light. A lot of people that I really respected and loved kind of sat me down and were like, Hey, you know, we don't think that this is just a stronghold. Like this is something more than that. And so, um, over the last few years, it's just been, me figuring that out, um, me figuring out what it means to, mm-hmm. to not view alcohol as just a sin and, and it's a disease to an extent. And so, um, yeah, so that's been really difficult. I have to remind myself of that a lot, but I went to rehab last year, last summer, um, things kind of came to mm-hmm. a, to a head and, um, I had let a lot of people down and, and really just like kind of made a mess of, of things. And so, um, yeah, I went to a 35 day program, came out and, mm. and still struggled after that. I'm still struggling. Um, and I think, yeah. so, you know, for the last half of last year, I was, I put all of these things into place that, that were helping me stay healthy and helping me stay in community. Um, yeah. and they were, you know, whether it's 12 step meetings or I was playing on a volleyball team with people I had met in rehab. Um, I was mm. talking to people. I had a sponsor, I had all these things just spending a lot of time right. with the people who understand addiction and, um, mm-hmm. and then all those things went away at the beginning of quarantine. So, yeah. um, it was, and, and not to say that I was doing perfectly before then, but I, I had a, a system to fall back on. Yeah. And then, you know, quarantine happened and all those things went away. And so then it was really easy to just kind of slip back into my old routines. Uh, and I don't have to mm-hmm. talk about it if I don't want to, I don't have people in right. my face really right. asking questions. And so, um, yeah, so that has been super difficult. And I think it, 
at first it was a legitimate all these things have gone away like 12 set meetings are are now on zoom right which i just am not a huge fan of um yeah understandable yeah it's different and um and then all all those other just like really consistent i thrive on consistency and i think all those things went away at once Mm -hmm. and um, and so that at first that yeah. was a legitimate thing and then it became an excuse to an, I think and right uh, and so I'm still kind of sitting in that I'm still kind of sitting in what does it look like so we don't know when life goes back to normal and when right when do I start when how do well, first of all how do I get myself to desire starting just putting things right. in place again but then how do I do that in a way that's mm-hmm. healthy and not legalistic and mm you know I don't know right so yeah and I think it's it's also kind of getting over the fact of comparison of what it was of you know you had these systems in place that you could fall back on but the you don't have you can't even Mm -hmm. get back into those right now like you're you can't play on a volleyball team you can't you know it looks different so what are the new ways or new things that you can implement Cause it's not even like you just like stepped away from that sure. community and are like trying to step back in. It's, it's not yeah, even really yeah, an option sure right different. now. Um, there, I mean, yeah. so I, the house that I bought, I live a mile and a half from a, um, a place that has 12 set meetings all day, every day. Um, and so really Ooh, there's no awesome. excuse for me not to be going outside of just lack of desire. Um, and I think, right. Yeah. There are so many things that I, are on my list to do and it's just so easy not to whether that's going back to 12 step meetings going back to therapy you know another which is another thing I stopped doing in January um Mm. talking again whether it's the people who have addiction or who don't um and I think right it's just like it has become a shame cycle for me for sure of like you know last year was so Mm. hard and all these people really rallied behind me like held an intervention of sorts. They don't call it that, but it totally was. Um, and like, you know, all these people yeah. who just really put a lot of energy into my health. And then now to feel like I, I have kind of thrown that away to an extent, which none of them, we could call any of them and none of them would say that. Um, but I think it's just, you know, the, the shame cycles that we get in internally. So um, yeah, I think, mm. My answer to your question is, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what the next yeah. <laughs> um, couple months or even days look like, but we'll see. I mean, I think I think even you talking about it on the podcast, because I think it's easy for things to attack us when we mm. are addressing them. Like, like you said, like to even begin talking about it again is a huge set. So even you just being like, yep, yeah. this is still a thing, like. I, it's easy for me to run through my life, go to work, you know, hang out a few times and ignore it. And it's a lot easier to ignore it, even though I know yeah. it's still impacting me when I'm ignoring it. But we don't, we don't want to process those hard things because it's sure. a lot more yeah. difficult to do that. So it makes absolute sense that your natural response is, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep cruising because is a lot easier than having to deal with the fact that I feel shame about that or that, you know, I have these great fears that I've let everyone down or, you know, whatever emotions mm-hmm. are attached to that um, or whatever hard conversations yeah. have to come from that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that that's 
your response. And I think a lot of people's response in situations that are like this and different. I mean, even with the podcast, we've talked about like even asking, how's your heart? And mm-hmm. answering that is not fun because we don't want to evaluate yeah. how our heart actually is because it's difficult. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> good segue for, so how is your heart in the midst of the hard stuff and the sweet stuff right now? Um, I was thinking about this the other day, just like how I would describe it. Um, and the word that I could, best yeah. word I could come up with was raw. Um, I feel very mm-hmm. just like open to... I just I feel super sensitive I think which is not a way that I would typically describe myself um and I and for my job I can't be sensitive um but I think just Mm. and relationally and personally and spiritually I feel very sensitive and very uh withdrawn maybe um just in, in an attempt to protect myself, I think, from whether it's like getting my feelings hurt or um, feeling alone. Again, as a six, like one of my biggest fear is to be left alone or to be abandoned. Um, and in quarantine, it feels that way sometimes. Like I feel like I have, I feel like I'm back in college. You know, in college, when you have those nights where you're like, I'm not sure if I chose to stay home tonight or if I just have zero friends. Um, <laughs> and yes. I think I, I find yes. myself in that trap sometimes where I'm like, no, Amber, like you 100% told so-and-so that you can't hang out tonight because you didn't want to, right. and now you're at home feeling alone and feeling like you have no friends and it's just not reality. But, um, but yeah, so mm. I would say just really raw and, um, more like, I, I'm not a very middle of the road person. And so I, I, feel, I feel like I live in extremes um and so yeah either I am like super withdrawn um and like isolating or I'm like mm. balls to the wall like I feel like I'm gonna explode um and I feel like I need to be with people where I like I need to be with someone all the time uh just to feel not alone or like to feel okay mm. so um yeah really raw and really sensitive mm. Which is not super fun. I'm not having a great time, mm. to be honest. But <laughs> you, No, no, that's completely understandable. My uh, mm-hmm. best friend is a six. And so you kind of talking about those emotions or even just going to the yeah. worst possible scenario are like things that we've had to talk about of, you know, like, no, that's not true. Like, no, that's not reality right now. But your brain is telling you that everyone hates you or that this worst possible scenario is going to happen, but like a plus B you're, you're doing a yeah, plus B yeah. Z right now in your head. It just doesn't, it, it isn't aligning in the way, which I think all of us do that to some degree. I mean, I think the situation in college that you're talking about, of like laying a bit yeah. like, does everyone hate me? What did I do to Amber for her to right. want to text me tonight? Um, so I think everyone sure. does that to some degree. So kind of give a little more detail about like feeling sensitive right now. Like what, like just expand more upon, cause you've kind of talked about your relationships mm-hmm. feeling sensitive, just kind of dig a little deeper into that and what that's been like, even just like sure. if you explain a situation. Um, I think so just naturally as we get older, friendships are changing. Right. And like um, people are getting married right. and 
having babies and all these things. And so most of my closest friends um, are married or are having kids and mm-hmm. um, just our dynamics are changing very much. Um, mm. And so I yeah. think the Lord have never really been someone to struggle with comparison. Uh, I'm not dating anyone and you know, I'm single right now. And, mm. um, and I have never really struggled with like, Oh, like so-and-so is in a relationship. I really want to be, um, but I feel like in the last right. few months, I have been in this place of just feeling really inadequate put up against that, where, like, I have these group of friends that mm. we spend, you know, a good amount of time together outside of quarantine. And so we've been doing our best inside. But um, I think as the only single one and the only, like, I mean, yeah, the only single one, I'm the youngest in the group as well. Um, I think it's really easy for me to just feel really mm-hmm. inadequate. Um, and then I too think that I've been struggling more with imposter syndrome, um, which is something that I've very recently learned about. Mm. Um, I didn't know that it had a name or, or anything like that, but just feeling like, man, what am I doing? Like, why do I think that I can own the house or why do I think that I can have a career that helps other people? Or why do I think that mm. I'm even like, have any authority to be on a podcast or whatever. And just like, I Mm. think all I'm just so much more sensitive to the feelings that I have inside that I think typically I would have brushed off and said like, Amber, you're being silly. And I don't have that thing in my head right right now that says, Amber, you're being silly. That's not a thing, you know? Yeah. So it's really like all of these lies, instead of just being thoughts that come to your mind and really taking root and just kind of flourishing and not going away. For people who feel like they're kind of in a similar spot as you, who feel like they're kind mm-hmm. of feeling the same things as you, what advice would you give them? Basically, yeah. what advice would you give yourself? Um, I read a, I follow this uh, author on Instagram. She's a poet. Uh, and she, she put one out the other day about, um, I don't even know what the title was, but the gist was, you don't have to have everything figured out tonight. And I think I convince myself sometimes mm-hmm. that I do like I need to have all, I need to have the answer to all of these things. What I'm going to do about this situation. Do I want to move cities? Do I like my job? And I, how do I mend mm-hmm. this relationship that I feel like is falling away? And that, that scares me because I don't like to be left. Um, and I feel like I have to have all those things figured out right now. And I just, and I just don't. And, and so I, you know, I would say, Hey, right put it down for the night and it's going to be there tomorrow and and we get to pick it back Mm. up, but um, it doesn't have to all be figured out before bed. Um, I was talking to a friend recently and just kind of spinning. Like I I was talking about all these things that I'm stressed about. Yeah. And it was just spinning. And she was like, Amber, right. You do not need to know the answer to that right now. And I was like, but what if I do? Like, what if at eight o'clock tonight, I have to have the answer to this. (laughs) Yeah. We'll figure it out if that's the case, but I just don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, I feel like I experienced that. And even you talking about like your anxiety becoming physical, I feel like I experienced those just even my, if I'm, I'm not even talking about lies, but just like my to-do list of, I need to get these things done with grad school. I need to get these things done mm-hmm. for work. I need to, you know, clean the house <laughs> and the house looks a disaster right now. And like, and instead of just taking one step, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so physically exhausted right now because I've mm-hmm. overwhelmed myself so much that I physically am just done and I can't even take one step yeah. forward towards one of those yeah. things. But no, that is 
that is helpful to like even the lies that are in your head that you need to conquer everything mm-hmm. right now or have all the answers right now yeah. you know you don't and you might you might not have the answer until those things mm-hmm. happen or may not happen um even the lies that you're hearing of your friends like you may you know maybe those will fester to a place where you need to have a conversation but like you may not ever get the answer to yeah whether that lie is true or not which is okay um, yeah which is okay yeah when it i think feel too, okay, just as a society okay. right now we're making big decisions about what we feel like we're, mm, there's no more yeah. of this like black or gray area like I feel like as Brene Brown has a quote mm-hmm. um, that says, and she talks about how we are a, either you're with me or you're against me. Uh, and, and so, and that's just the, mm. that is the narrative that we live into as a society rather than, Hey, like just because you're not on the same page as me doesn't necessarily mm. mean that you're against me. Um, and I think that that narrative has really right. infiltrated just me personally of like, no, I have to have a certain way that I feel about this. It's not okay to not know. Um, but sometimes it just mm-hmm. is. And sometimes there isn't an, yeah. a clear answer, especially when we're talking about people's feelings and emotions and thoughts and spirit, spiritual things. Like sometimes you're just not right. a correct answer. And my logical brain doesn't love that. So, Yeah. I think something I learned, and this just reminded me of this, but I bring it up a lot because I think we need to hear it, of – in school, they taught mm. us that there's no such thing as common sense. Your common sense looks completely different from my common sense because we've had mm-hmm. completely different life experiences and we've walked through completely different things. And even people who have walked through similar things as you have emotionally, physically yeah. responded to it entirely differently. And so their brains have come up with different solutions to those problems. And so those conversations create space for us to talk about what feels like common sense to us. And so me and Brandon have had plenty of conversations this year where we come to different conclusions, but we're able to have a conversation of, okay, Mm -hmm. this is why I'm coming to this space. And this is why I'm coming to this space. And we're married and we love each other, but a lot of times we come to very different conclusions and we're able to have that conversation and not try to change each other's opinion but be able to hear yeah. and listen to one another. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> mm, I love that thing about common sense. It is very helpful because sure. everyone's like, it should be this way. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe to I remember you, but maybe not to I me. took a psychology class um, in, in college, and, or I took several, but this one, mm-hmm. I'll never forget. She was like, you know, the, she was talking about the debate of nature versus nurture. And she said, it's both mm-hmm. plus perception. So it's nature and nurture and perception. And I had never thought of it that way, but that makes completely mm. s- so much more sense to me that like the way that I perceive yep. what I'm going through right now is maybe not the way that someone who is in the exact same position as me would perceive it. Um, and th- yeah, and that yep. perception makes all the difference. And yep. I can't predict or judge someone else's perception because I have no idea what has led them to that, to have that perception. So Gosh, that's good. So what advice would you give to the people in your life who are trying to love you well, your community, your family? What um, advice would you I would give say to, to take time for yourself, for sure. Um, like, I mean, keep showing mm-hmm. up. Like, I, I need you to show up. And people like me, mm-hmm. addicts, people with anxiety, depression, we need you to show up. 
but we need you to show up not completely yeah. drained and 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 so I think it's so easy and I've mm-hmm. watched friends of mine do this where sometimes addiction can become so all-consuming and and Brendan Manning talks about this too if anyone listening yeah um struggles with addiction and loves Jesus Brendan Manning is the best uh, author that I've ever read uh who just describes it really well mm. but he talks about just sometimes it, addiction can become the sun that everything revolves around within a friend group and um I think that mm. it's really easy to get caught up in because you know they love me and they want me to they want me to be healthy and they want me to right not be a mess <laughs> but um but ultimately like right that they can't fix that unfortunately and you, you know you can't fix right. my addiction and you can't fix what i'm willing to do about it um really all you can do is shut up show up which is a, mm-hmm. a really hard thing to ask of someone um because since going into rehab i have had a lot of friends i have a lot more friends now who are addicts and so i've watched them go in go in and out of sobriety and right. it's difficult it's so hard to to sit back and say like ultimately it's your decision but i love you anyway and um but yeah i would say just keep showing up but take time for yourself for sure mm, i think that's such a good contrast there because you know also you talking about your social anxiety you're like i need people to know that I need to basically be alone because Mm -hmm. that's a limit that I have and I can't love them well if I'm not taking that time. But then you're also very aware that your friends can't love you well if they're not, if you're their entire world, if their lives are revolving around you, they're going to get drained. They're going to be exhausted because you're not going to be able to meet the expectations Mm -hmm. that they may have for you. And so them taking that time to step away fuel live life for themselves and not fully for you um is one healthy but two just like freeing of if they're taking all of their energy and all of their time and pouring it into you and you don't meet that standard obviously they're going to be more frustrated Mm, amber thank you so much for sharing do you have any final thoughts any things that you wanted to share that we didn't get to before Um, we close out the podcast I think the only thing kind of you know popped up for me while we were talking is we we don't know when this is gonna end Mm -hmm. but ultimately it's not forever um and I think Mm -hmm. I have had seasons in my life especially in college where I really just had the chance in myself this is not forever and um and whether whatever that looks like that doesn't Mm -hmm and you touch on this, it doesn't mean we go back to what it used to be. Um, but it does mean that it's not always going to be this hard right. and it's not always going to feel so heavy and mm-hmm. exhausting. Um, and I think that that's something that I right. need to be careful to hold on to as well. So, mm-hmm. no, I love that. And it's when we're able to see that perspective, you know, that we've gotten to touch on mm-hmm. it, it helps it not be so all consuming. Because I think it's easy yeah, to fall yeah. into the lie of, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. Life is going to be like For this sure. forever. And I don't know how I'm going to get used to this. Um, well, Amber, I love you. And I'm, one, just grateful to catch up with you and talk to you. But two, just so grateful for you sharing on the podcast. Yeah, and so, again, thank me. you so much for sharing how your heart is. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you'll join us next time on the How's Your Heart podcast.